Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer, what am I drinking tonight? Tonight I went with the Bent uh, Paddle, uh, what is this, the Cold Press Black Coffee Ale. Um, handcrafted, brewed in lovely and beautiful Duluth, Minnesota. Um, right off of uh, 35E, up there right off the um, coast, and actually right off of uh, Michigan Street. Um, I, I I looked up online earlier today where exactly it was, and oh my gosh, it's been a while since I've been up that area, but I, I need to get back up here. Um, as for the beer, the coffee ale, um, so I mean... Honestly, for starters, before I open this, I've never really been much for cold press, um, cold press coffees to begin with. So almost kind of was um, a little bit to a disadvantage. Um, it's it's truthfully not my favorite. It's a little on the lighter side than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, it's a coffee ale. It's actually um, it says on their can here. It says. Um, a local infusion of flavor, Bent Paddle Black, combined with Duluth Coffee Company's Cold Press Coffee. It's smoother than campfire coffee without the mess of the grounds. Um, so, again, not one of my personal favorites. It's, you know, darker, and especially this time of the year, I like to, you know, like I've mentioned before, I like to drink... Um, you know, lighter beers or lighter drinks this time of the year. But all that aside, even if it was, um, you know, fall, I don't know that I'd drink this too much just because I'm I'm not somebody. I know there's a niche for this stuff. I'm not somebody who really likes coffee and beer in one. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my kind of take on it. I mean, I kind of have a... I live by a rule of you don't waste alcohol, so I'm I'm definitely gonna drink it and you know take it in. Like I said, I don't. It's a beer I don't hate. I wouldn't go out of my way to get it, but I don't hate. I can I can uh, deal with it, but it's it's definitely not one of my favorites. Um, but Bed, Bent Paddle Brewery, I definitely gotta get back to. Uh, you guys gotta go check them out as well. Um, their website is very very sweet they have a release calendar on there so a yearly basis they put up this little calendar about when beers are coming over uh up you can they have tours of their tap rooms um you can get gear it's 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 really super cool uh lots to do on there um obviously it's just bentpedalbrewing.com and you can find them all over social media too they're on facebook uh twitter instagram and youtube um, so definitely check them out. And now that it's nice out and kind of getting the summer here in spring, definitely worth going to check out, especially being in a Duluth hotspot. So, yeah. Goldie's locker room talk. Um, similar to last week, no new news to report on for the hockey teams. But for the men's basketball team, they've actually added two more transfer students for this upcoming season. Um, this past week. On Monday, it was announced that guard Luke Lowe is returning to the Midwest to play for the Gophers. The Fond du Lac, Wisconsin native will join the U of M's program in June after spending his first four years at William & Mary College. 
While at William and Mary College, Lowe was named to the NABC second team all district and landed a spot on the second team all CAA team. Also during his tenure there, he was a two-time CAA all defensive team selection. In his career there, he also ranked third in the CAA in minutes played with 39, 35.5, excuse me, fourth in free throw percentage with 85.7, sixth in steals with 1.4, and eighth in assists with 3.2. It's also worth mentioning that he led the CAA in assist to turnover ratio, which is very impressive, especially if you're a basketball fan. And that was also good enough uh, to rank him 57th nationally as well. So needless to say, we're excited to see his defensive prowess at work in, uh, in the maroon and gold favor next year. And then just yesterday, it was announced that former Irondale standout guard Sean Sutherland will also be ending his college career in the maroon and gold as well. After his prep days in Minnesota, he spent two years at Sheridan College in Wyoming before spending the last two years at New Hampshire. Sutherland sat out this last season at New Hampshire as he was recovering from an injury. Sutherland started his collegiate career scoring 646 points in his first two years at Sheridan, helping the team to its to two regular season titles and an overall record of 55-9. and nine. However, in his most recent season, his first year at New Hampshire, he started all 28 games he played in, averaged 12.8 points, 9.3 rebounds, and 2.6 assists in his 33.9 minutes per game. He also ended that season number 14th in the nation in defensive rebounding with 7.6 rebounds per game, which was also good enough for him to lead everybody in the American East Conference as well, while also leading the American East Conference in double-doubles with 12. So rest assured, head coach Ben Johnson is very excited for his scoring and rebounding abilities come next season. Now, um... For the football team, similar to the women's basketball team, no new news to report on, but wanted to congratulate and have a quick shout-out to uh, former Gopher wide receiver Rashad Bateman on being the first Gopher selected in the first round of the NFL draft since running back Lawrence Maroney back in 2006. Bateman was selected 27th overall to the Baltimore Ravens, so a huge congratulations to him, like I said, and his teammate as well. Defensive back Benjamin St. Just was also taken in the third round, 74th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft, excuse me, to the Washington football team. So a huge congratulations to him as well, and we wish both of them the best of luck in their professional careers. RTB Skyuma Go Golfs. Uh, for the volleyball team, senior opposite hitter Stephanie Samity is in the news yet again. This last Friday, it was announced she has been named as one of four finalists for the Honda Award. The Honda Award has been presented annually by the CWSA for the past 45 years to the top women in the 12 NCAA sanctioned sports and signifies the best of the best in collegiate athletics. The winner of this award is set to be announced on telecast on CBS's Sports Network on June 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So once again, a huge congratulations to her on this feat just to be named one of four finalists and the best of luck as she waits to hear if she is indeed the winner.
As for the softball team, they were on a hiatus this last week as they were busy preparing for their final home series of the season against the Michigan Wolverines. There is, in fact, a lot at stake in this weekend's series. As right now, um, number one, Michigan has a two-game lead over the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Michigan is number one in the Big Ten, like I said, and they're 19th nationally with a record of 29-5. and <clears throat> While the Gophers are right behind them, number two in the Big Ten, and number 23 nationally with a record of 25 excuse me, and 7. Needless to say, these games should all be close and fun games to watch, so stay tuned for that. Additionally, it was just announced yesterday that Minnesota's series with Wisconsin is now considered canceled. Due to scheduling conflicts, these series will not be made up due to the fact that there's only two weeks remaining in the regular season. So with that, the Minnesota and Michigan series will get underway tomorrow night, May 7th at 7 p.m. Then on Saturday's game, the first of the doubleheader will be at 1.30 p.m., while the second of the doubleheader will be at 4 p.m. The four-game series will conclude on Sunday at 2 p.m. All four of these games can be seen on the Big Ten Network. However, for the baseball team, they have now extended their losing streak this last weekend to 13 games. But the good news is their streak could not be extended, at least for this weekend. Just this morning, it was announced that the May 7th to 9th series with Ohio State has been postponed. The decision was mutually agreed upon by both teams due to COVID health and safety concerns in the Minnesota program. And it sounds like um, despite having an extra couple weeks than the softball season does, they are optimistic that they will actually be able to reschedule this game. So needless to say, on Friday, the series opener went in favor of the Terrapins as they jumped out to a 4 nothing lead after just the first inning and never looked back. They won the game 12-4. to Despite the loss, Gopher catcher Chase Stanky finished 2-4 for with a home run and two RBIs. Trent Shor... Showborough picked up the loss, who's now 0-4 on the season, while pitchers Drake Davis and Drew Heimaleski took the mound as in this one as well. On Saturday night, despite a great start from Jack Liffrig, the Gophers were unable to pick up the win, falling to Maryland 4-3 in the ninth inning. In six innings of work, Liffrig gave only gave up four hits, two earned runs, two walks, with two strikeouts. But the best part of the game after a Ronald Sweeney two-run home run in the second inning, the Gophers actually led for three and a half innings in this game. Um, however, heading into the ninth inning, tied at three, Noah DeLugo walked in the winning run, picking up his first loss of the year. Then on Sunday, four Gopher players notched multiple hit games, but it wasn't enough as Minnesota would fall to Maryland in the series finale, six to three. Tom Scoro, the only gopher pitcher with multiple wins to his name this year, too, started this game picking up his third loss of the year. Chase Stanky led the hit barrage for the Gophers, going 3-4 for four in the ballgame with a walk, and Ronald Sweeney compiled a standout day at the plate as well, going 2-5 for five with a home run and two RBIs. Next up for the gopher baseball team, Excuse me. They will be off for the weekend as they are set to be in University Park, Pennsylvania on the 14th and 15th against Penn State. 
So with that, we are now on to um, personally my favorite part of the podcast. Uh, we do this every single week. Um, this is our local business shout out, and um, this week we are shouting out it's Minnesota Nice Cream. Um, you might also know them as MN Nice Cream. Um, they Minnesota Nice Cream is out of. They actually have two locations. I was by their Minneapolis one um, this last weekend and didn't realize they had another one in Stillwater as well. But they are an awesome soft serve um, ice cream area. Um, you can they have it's it's really it's a really cool setup. They actually have a food truck that you can book. You can go onto the website and book it and uh, inquire about it, that kind of stuff, which is super cool. And then, like I said, they have the two locations. The Minneapolis one is actually, um, their building is right next to um, Alpha uh, Brewery, um, right on a Broadway Street there. And then there's a Stillwater location that I didn't even know existed because I've, I haven't been to it yet, um, but right off of Chestnut Street in um Stillwater. Um, I won't bore everybody with all of the hours for both of them, but you can find both of them on the website. Their website is mnicecream.com, and I, I urge you guys to check it out. They have they have a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, they have a lot of information about what's going on. Um, they have really cool um, apparel and things of that nature. Um, you can find them as well on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, but I urge you guys to go check them out. Like I said, um, Stillwater, they're off Chestnut Street and then Minneapolis, they're off Broadway Street. Um, man, I'm getting, I'm, I'm regretting not getting some of their ice cream uh, when I was out at the, um, the brewery with uh, some friends this last weekend, but man, will I be back there? It's super, super uh, tasty looking. So definitely go check them out. Let me guys, or let you guys let me know what you like there and what some of your favorite stuff are as well. So like I said, go check them out, mnicecream.com or mnicecream on Facebook or Instagram. Now on to the Minnesota Twins Excuse me. This last week, um, excuse me, the Twins went a less than stellar three and four. Um, the good news, they technically won a series this last weekend. They beat the Kansas City Royals two games to one, who right now, if I'm not mistaken, are um, one or no, they're right above us in the standings. But still, only thirty games into the season, we're we're eleven and nine. Uh, still not great, but again, a lot of room for improvement. We're five games behind the Royals, um, but then the Cleveland Indians only have a half game lead on the White Sox, and then the White Sox only have half game lead on the Kansas City Royals. So yeah, like I said, summing up this last week, we beat the Kansas City Royals two games to one. Um, we had a game earlier today that we unfortunately lost our seventh extra inning game we just we can't seem to score any runs with that um player on second don't get me wrong for those of you that are listening and that know of that rule and know how i feel about that rule that's that's 
what's going on with the twins still does not change my opinion that it's a stupid rule. I love the rule. In my opinion, it helps the games kind of get done quicker. Um, do I wish a lot of them would have gone in the twins' favor? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you um you figure they're 0-7 in games right now, so you figure they go 4-3 and in that. Where quickly you add, you add four more wins. We're already, what's that, 15, 15 and 15, you know, and, you know, makes a world of difference. So they just got to figure out a way to continue to, you know, utilize that guy on second like our opponents are. But needless to say, uh, without getting too much into that, uh, we are to our first question of the day. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jimmy wanted to know um, who is the biggest threat to the Twins to win the AL Central. Um, so for those that don't know, um Jimmy was alluding to this question. I had a podcast a couple weeks ago, um, I think before the season started, where I said I, I, I was predicting the Twins were going to win the um, um, the division. And I think at the beginning of the season, I would have told you the Chicago White Sox because they have they just have so much. Um, youth and they have a lot of talent and they're good um and I'm gonna still stick by that like again I said you can't put too much stake into what's going on right now because we are only 30 games into the season even nobody is doing phenomenal right now even the best team in the league the Boston Red Sox are 19 and 3 and the worst team the Detroit Tigers are 9 and 23 so right now, there's only 10 games separating the best and the worst team in the league. So like I said, no time to freak out. But I would say, I would definitely say um, right now, going down the stretch, I think it'll be between the um, the White Sox and the Twins for that. Um, another thing we talked a little bit about last week that I just want to urge people. I know, you know, it's all fun and games and all that kind of stuff. And I saw a sign that was like, fire Rocco Baldelli, <laughs> watching one of these games. And, you know, frankly, the reality of this is, people, it's just like football. It's just like any other sport. you got to be healthy, and you got to be able to be playing all your guys because at the end of the day, if you can win with a <clears throat> completely healthy roster, that's great. But sometimes these guys that are thrust into the lineup, we're lucky we have a couple that have been doing, okay, Kirilov. Um, and Gordon made his uh, debut today. But at the same time, health means a lot. You can be a great team, but if you, you can't stay healthy, you know, you're probably not going to amount to something unless your backup guys are, you know, irreplaceable with you. So, um, like I said, a lot of baseball to be played, still 132 games to be played. Um, I think the Twins will do just fine. Um, yes, it is frustrating to see them struggling the way they are right now. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, we. I mean, you look at the numbers. We currently have. Excuse me. Excuse. Me, we currently have um, one, two, three, four. We have four players that are currently hitting three hundred or better, and one, two, three, three more players that are hitting two fifty or better. Um, excuse me. We have a team. A total of. 39 home runs through 30 games. Um, I mean, I just, I don't think there's a big cause for concern right now. I think we got to get our guys back. 
I know um, our second baseman, Luis Arisa. I know he's currently on the COVID uh, list, but, you know, guys just have to be healthy and guys have to um, get the bats going and make things happen. So with that, moving on to the Minnesota Wild. The Wild um, actually did pretty good this last week. They or they went 2-2, two and two, but they technically picked up points in every single game so what's that you know they had four games uh they had a total of eight points and they walked away this last week with six points um we are getting down to crunch time here um so it it will be an interesting last couple days um so yeah before we get too much into that uh, we have our second question of the night um chloe wanted to know where do you see the wild finishing in the division and man chloe that is a great great question so for those that don't know um both us and the golden knights have four games left the golden knights are sitting at 76 points we're at 71 so it's probably the odds of it happening aren't great but we could still nab that one spot the good thing St. Louis Blues have 56 points right now. So theoretically, we could lose, get zero points the next four games, and the St. Louis Blues still could not catch us. So at the worst, we're the three seed finishing um, beating the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Truthfully, Chloe, I'm not going to lie. I like our chances of nabbing that two seed and being able to... Uh, being able to, um, what was I going to say? Being able to uh, host the Colorado Avalanche. Um, just because with our four games left, we're playing Anaheim twice, who's completely out of it. And then the St. Louis Blues twice, who hopefully by the time we play them, will already have solidified that fourth spot and just kind of waiting for guys. Um, so if I had to give it a number, I would probably say... I would say there's probably about a 10% chance we will finish um, the winner of the Western Conference or the winner of the Western um, Division. I would say 50% chance we're going to finish with that second spot and 40% chance we finish in the third spot. The only reason I say that is because um, Colorado, um, they have a game in hand. Um... But, you know, it will be tricky because they play four of their five games against L.A. um, and Vegas. But, hey, it's the end of the season. A lot of things can happen. Um, Plus, if I'm being honest, I I don't think it matters whether we have the second or third seed. Just from the standpoint of we've proven that we're just as good of a team this year on the road as we are at home. So, super, super, super excited about all of that. So with that, um, I think we should move into our mini weekend wild player of the week. And um, I'm going to switch it up this week. I know some people are probably thinking, Jack, you have to be going with Kirill Kaprizov again. He is doing some unbelievable things. Um, he, you know, He's going to win the Calder. But I'm going with Kevin Fiala this week. He This last week, he led the team in points. He had three goals, four assists for a total of seven points with a game-winning goal. Gosh, I mean, I just, 
I hope Kirill and Kevin Fiala can um, stay healthy and get this going. I mean, you look at guys like this, Kirill, I want to say he's 23, 22, no, 23. I'm feeling confident that he's 23. Kevin Fiala is only 24. So truthfully, like, I like... I like these guys are the future of the team as far as I'm concerned. These guys are guys we're going to lock down and they're performing for us now and they're showing that they're capable of being these guys going forward. I just I love Fiala and I love that we're keeping Kirill and Fiala on separate lines to um you know, he's just he's always in the thick of things. He's always looking to make a play. He's always looking to go the extra um, mile. He's always looking to do whatever needs to be done to get the team win. And I just, I love his attitude out there. He, you know, I know I say sometimes Suter looks like he's half buttoned it. Kevin Fiala looks like he's firing on all cylinders no matter what he's doing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, week 15, mini weekend um, player of the week, Kevin Fiala. I believe this is the second time. Um, we gave him a player of the week, but man, when, when you play like he has, especially in his last four games, um, you, you have to recognize it. So needless to say, next up for the wild, we only have four games left on the schedule, which will be perfect because, um, we can kind of go over some playoff stuff next week, but, um, tomorrow night, Friday, we will be hosting the first of two games against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, we will be playing the Ducks Friday the 7th and Saturday the 8th, both at 7 p.m. And then we will finish the season in St. Louis. Wednesday, May 12th, we'll be in St. Louis as well as Thursday, May 13th. Um, we're probably going to release this podcast before that game starts. But just so that everybody knows... They play those two games at 7 p.m. those days as well. Um, and all four of those games can be seen on Bally Sports North. Got it right this week. So, um, yeah, super, super excited about that. And hope to see them um, you know, finish it up here. Now on to the Timberwolves. So for the Timberwolves, they were actually only in action three times this last week. They beat the Golden State uh, Warriors back on the night of the last podcast, 126-114. to 114. Lost a close one in overtime to New Orleans on Saturday. And then uh, lost to the Memphis Grizzlies last night in a close one, um, despite Anthony Edwards' 42 points. Um, before we get too much into... Um, specific wolves, that kind of stuff. Um, we do have our third question of the night. Um, Duncan wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on the play-in tournament? <laughs> and man, great question. Duncan, thank you very much for the question. Um, truthfully, I think, I'm just going to be completely honest. I think it's lame. Um, in my mind, being a basketball fan, it made sense last season just because of how COVID affected everything. So it made sense for teams that were within range to give them a shot. Some of the teams didn't do it. Um, but I just I think it's lame. I think this season the NBA had every intention in making sure every team plays the 
what is it? We're the Timberwolves right now are twenty and forty six, so 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72. They're they're doing everything they can to get everybody playing seventy two games. So I think in a season where you're not unexpectedly, ex- COVID's not hitting you unexpectedly. I think it's lame. Um, you know, it's it's. I I I get why they're doing it and truthfully I don't blame them to an extent just from the standpoint of you want to make it more exciting you want to see more teams involved um because truthfully if I look at it right now um right now the play in it would be Memphis uh, Portland's number 7 Memphis is 8 Golden State is 9 and San Antonio is um 10th and truthfully I don't I kind of like Golden State, or I kind of like San Antonio's chances of actually getting that eighth spot, just because they have guys that are um, more veterans than Memphis is. So I I get why they're doing it, but at the same time, it's like, look, you you announced at the beginning of the season everybody's playing a short and seventy-two game schedule. We're gonna keep it, you know, more close knit. You know, teams are gonna be playing a lot more play- games in their conference. So just keep it at eight and eight. I, I can't remember if I brought this up before. I wish, truthfully, going forward, and I, I know some people feel that a lot of people, quite frankly, feel this way too. I think the NBA should keep the conferences and the divisions for nothing more than just um, for nothing more than just scheduling reasons. And at the end of the day, league league standings. Top 16 teams, regardless of division, regardless of conference. Now, guarantee, you know, one team regardless of where they stand, but there needs to be one division represented. But best 16 teams, I mean, because if I'm being completely honest, there have been years where, you know, the 6, 7, 8 seed in the Eastern Conference just have no reason. Like, they get swept religiously every single year by the one, two, and three seeds in the Eastern Conference. So I just, you know, meanwhile, you have teams in the East or in the Western Conference that the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies, the Golden State Warriors are at nine, and San Antonio Spurs. Not that I think Golden State and San Diego deserve a spot, but they're all within two games of each other. You look at um, you look at um, the Eastern Conference, there are five games that separate the seventh seed and the tenth seed. Now, I think this year there's been a little more parity in the league with Eastern Conference teams playing better and there just being more talent in the Eastern Conference and it's not West Conference loaded, um, that kind of thing. But yeah, th- those are my thoughts on it. I think, you know, it it is what it is. What can you do about it? Um I get, you know, they want to get more teams involved, like I mentioned, but it's like, what, what, what are we, what are we really doing? Um, what are we really doing? So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's cause for good attention and that kind of stuff, but I just, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Um, so with that, yeah, we can dive in. So, like I said, um, we, in my opinion, the Timberwolves are playing great basketball right now. They're playing well, but they're losing a couple. They're winning a couple. 
because I look at where we're sitting right now, and in the in the Western Conference, there's only one team worse than us. That's Houston. But as a league, I want to say um, there's only two teams worse than us: Detroit and Houston. So truthfully. Um, with what is it? We have one, two, three, four, five, six games left. I can see us winning another couple games here, two, maybe three. Um, but even winning two or three games, I still love our chances of getting a top three pick, retaining it, and hopefully doing next year ultimately what I thought we were going to do this year. I think with a Cade Cunningham, somebody like that. Yes. Like, who who knows what could happen? So, um. Yeah, so I'm I'm all things for that. So for the Timberwolves, um, they are in action tomorrow night in Miami. They're on their final road trip of the year. They'll be in Miami, like I said, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, and then Sunday the 9th, they'll be in Orlando at 6 p.m. Tuesday, May 11th, they'll be in Detroit at 6 p.m. And... That will round out the three games that they will have in action before the next podcast. So tune in if you guys, excuse me, are interested in seeing what's happening. So um, with that, um, on to the Vikings. Vikings had a very, very good draft. Um, some of the analysis I've been seeing for this, I've been seeing um, people giving the Vikings an A. I've seen a couple A minuses. I've seen a couple B pluses. Um, I think Christian Derrissaw with the first overall overall pick, first round pick, um, solid. It's what we needed. We needed to beef up our O line. Um, being able to get somebody like a Kellen Mond in the third round um, was just it was huge. It was huge. Um, I, I saw somewhere that um, a huge, a big NFL analysis analyst had him at as the number three quarterback coming into this draft, and the fact that he fell that far um, is unbelievable. So um, picked up a inside linebacker, uh, Chaz Sarant, Wyatt Davis, a guard from Ohio State who looks like a beast. Um, signed a couple undrafted free agents, um, and truthfully you know i know for my minnesota sports fans um for my football fans i'm sure that listen i'm sure a lot of you have already uh listened to a lot of dissecting picks and dissecting the draft i think the vikings did a great job um so we're just gonna move on right away so before we wrap up for the night we are going to answer our last uh question for the night gabe asked what are you referring to in your um in your questions on your story, what's happening in Green Bay. So really quickly, for those that don't know, um, essentially rumors have it, Aaron Rodgers is very upset in Green Bay, wants out, and it's so bad that he's threatening retirement. He, to my knowledge, and from what I've seen and from what I've read, he's essentially gone to the... Green Bay front office and said, if you don't trade me, I'm going to retire. I don't want to come back to this team. And if I'm being completely honest, I do not blame him. You know, 2020 draft, you trade up in the draft, not to get him a, another running back, not to get him a good tight end, not to get him a better, 
another um, Devontae Adams on the other side of Devontae Adams, but a quarterback. And then this year, you, you get a cornerback in the first round. Like, I don't blame him. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I would be fuming. Again, for those that know me, regardless of if I love, hate, or like a player, I I am a big sports. You have to respect greatness. You have to respect talent. So from a talent perspective, Aaron Rodgers is unbelievable. If he was a Viking, I would worship the ground he walks on. Um, so it's... It's it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned because if when it happens, I mean, ultimately sounds like no more do the Vikings have to worry about um, playing Aaron Rodgers twice a year. But in the same breath, you hate to see a quarterback of that talent getting treated the way he is. So, um, you know, it sucks, but you know, like I said, it it works out in in uh, in the Vikings' favor. Um, another thing I looked at for us Vikings fans getting ready for this game. Um, there's still no set schedule for this upcoming season. I was hoping, I think that comes out in like June or July. So as we come around here, we will get that, um, to you guys and then go from there. So without further ado, remember this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you'd like me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok handles are at mini weekend and email is mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend lastly make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out until next time mini